Okay, so we will go on with a presentation by uh, Eric Leblanc, uh, also speaking about uh, performance with XDP and eBPF. Uh, do you hear me well? Okay, it's good? Okay. So, uh, thank you for coming. I'm here to talk to you about uh, some work I've done on Suricata since something like two years now. Um, the problem was to address packet loss in Suricata. We see in the previous talk that it's super easy to drop uh, with XDP a packet at a really high rate. And um, the problem with uh, Suricata is that if we lose some packet, we have some real problem in terms of performances. Um, so first, what is Suricata? Or what it is not? So if you want to piss off a developer, just say that it's like snort. Uh, it's definitely the way to go, uh, but it's a bit true because in Suricata we have some uh, intrusion detection uh, feature. We've got a really good detection engine, which uses a syntax that is quite the same as the one from Snort because it has been borrowed from the one of Snort. So yes, in fact, it's a bit true too, even if it's a bit annoying after 10 years of development to be compared to the model that we did take and that we did improve. Um, so to give you an, an idea of the complexity, we, uh, do we have a, no, we don't have a laser or something? Okay, so I'm gonna use a giant cur cursor. Uh, that's okay. So yes, what, what, what can I have like, like a rule? For instance, we've got this rule which says, okay, I've got an alert, an HTTP, something coming from outside, going to the inside. It's a uh, detection of some kind of, oh, merci. Uh, detection of some kind of uh, payload of um, a malware. And what are we doing inside? So first thing that we are checking that the packets are going to the client. Then we check that we've got the content 200 in the HTTP stat code. So basically the answer is correct and we've got uh, the uh, it's a 200 answer by the HTTP server, so it, uh, it's a correct answer. Then we've got the content in the HTTP server body. And so the interesting part here is this HTTP server body keyword, because we are doing a lot of things there. If ever your uh, HTTP server is uh, handling uh, gzip compression, or this kind of compression in the answer, so to get the answer smaller on the wire, it compresses the web page before sending it back to you, and then the browser decompresses the page and then displays the page. So what we are doing here, in fact, we are saying two things, that we just look for this content in the HTTP server body, and if ever it has been compressed, decompressed, and then do the matching. So you see, it's not just a grep. It's getting into understanding the protocol, making the analysis, decompressing the thing, and then doing the pattern matching inside. Another thing that we have here, which is quite interesting, is the fast pattern keyword that, uh, in fact, is activating and forcing. Suricata is doing it magically, but here we force this uh, feature on this um, string to say, okay, I'm going to use a multi-pattern matching algorithm. So it's a kind of algorithm that allows you to uh, handle multiple patterns at the same time. So instead of doing sequential 
uh, search of a string, you are looking for 1,000, 2,000, even maybe more string at the same time. So in one evaluation, you know which kind of uh, which matching string you have, and then we continue uh, with that. So this is an optimization because if you take the classical rule set that we have in Suricata, we got something like 40,000 rules. So if you want to do a linear evaluation of the 40,000 rule, it will take too much time because we're talking about the same speed as in the previous talk. So 40 million packets per second, 5 million packets per second. So if you want to do 40,000 evaluation on 4 million packets per second, and if you do the math, but that do not work. So we need this kind of uh, optimization on the detection engine. And after, it's just um, information to give some context, like you say, when the rule has been created on this kind of thing. So yes, so that's what just to show you uh, the interest on the work that has been done on the detection engine um, to get you an idea of the performance on the speed that we need to reach by even if we are doing some complicated thing. So identity of Suricata, it's GPLv2, it's owned by a foundation that owns the code. And um, yes, yeah, so I got a really good uh, troll if you want to read some Marty Rush uh, post about multithreading on IDS on why it will not work. So we're proving him wrong. And uh, I think maybe Pierre will talk about that later, but uh, on on we are using Geoffroy work on a Rust uh, to uh, write some new parser because in terms of security, we are only really bad thing on the wire. So we need to be really protected when we are parsing the, the protocol. Talking a bit, talking about parsing the protocol, one, um, thing that we are doing in Suricata is that we are doing uh, a bit like Bro, which is the old brother of uh, metadata extraction, uh, which is uh, for any uh, transaction that we are seeing on, uh, on the protocol we know, we extract metadata information to be able to understand what is going on. So for instance, here we have got uh, one IPv6, so everything is going out by default in JSON format. Here we have, uh, so it's a TLS event. TLS, where is the event type, event type TLS here? And uh, so between two IP, we are going to port 443. So we got a dynamic protocol recognition. So we could detect TLS on something different for port 443. And then we extract all the information from the certificate. So the classical information from the certificate, the subject, the issue of the end. Um, the version of TLS, the validity date, so you can see that the certificate has just been created and then seven alert, oh, somebody is connecting to a certificate that has been created something like uh, one hour ago, so maybe it's just something, somebody doing a test or somebody connecting to a malware with uh, some uh, uh, domain generation algorithm behind. And uh, we've got some new information uh, here that have been added in the recent uh, Suricata which is the GS3 tagging. So it's a way of tagging uh, the, um, the client. So we, by looking at the way the handshake is done in terms of timing, in terms of sending the data, we manage to get the identity of the client, even if we have got almost no information. So if you, with that, you got some tagging that you can see it's an Internet Explorer, but you can see it's a Chromium, but you can see it's a WGET or a curl or a, um, a custom uh, SSL uh, implementation in some malware. Um, 
what I am missing on that. Yeah, so we got quite a lot of protocol uh, available. And what we are doing, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so from, for some of them, we are doing from this metadata extraction to providing some, as we have seen on HTTP, some uh, dedicated keyword. And we are going to, the f to this point on to the file extraction. So to be able to extract um, a file transfer that has been seen on HTTP or SMB, which is something that we can do. So yeah, so the same guy, a few hours later after playing with Suricata, finally did understand the thing. It's not just an IDS, it's not just about metadata, it's about threat intelligence, about extracting value from the traffic on the network and then understanding what's going on on your network. So just a little point on what we can do on uh, file analysis. So on file analysis, we've got one thing, which is the magic computation. So here we should see, yes, we got the magic computation. So we, we take the start of the binary and we are using a library, which is the same as the one powering file command under Linux, Linux, sorry, to get the information that it's in fact, uh, even if it could have been named .toto, it will be, uh, we, we can see it's an executable behind. And uh, the thing that we also do is that we can do file data matching. So you can look into the file by using some keyword on the right signature that are looking for information into the file. So if you want to search some patterns that you know in file, it will, uh, for instance, if it's uh, on SMTP, it will own base64 the file and then do the pattern matching on the file content itself. Then what we have is two other things, is the fact that we can compute uh, checksum uh, of the file, like SHA-1, MD5, or SHA-256. And we can store the file, so it's an example where it's not stored, but we can store the file on disk when we match that. So, so this slide, I can spend a few hours on it, so if ever you you want to come to the workshop, we can just detail uh, <laughs> this slide for the day. Uh, so it's the job that we are doing in Suricata. So we get every individual datagram from the uh, Ethernet uh, layer. Then we are doing some computation at checking the checksum. So here we can have a reject on the checksum. Then once we have that, we, we do the defragmentation. So we get, for instance, bigger TCP packet. And we get uh, some uh, um, check like window tracking, so we're tracking the window, the value of the window inside the TCP packet, so which which allow us to detect some uh, attempt of injecting traffic in an existing uh, TCP station. So if your packet is out of window, in most cases it's or a bug or it's somebody trying to send data in the middle of your uh, connection. Then when we have this TCP packet, what we can do is the streaming. So what we want to do is to get the exact same content as the application that we are trying to protect. We want to see the same thing as what is seen by your server or by your client. This way, we will be able to know and to detect the threat in the same way as your client. So we need to do all the reconstruction work to get to the streaming. So we got two streaming, one two clients and one two server in the code, and then we apply normalization based on our understanding of the protocol, so to extract the different fields. 
So this allows us to get almost the exact same view as your application, and by having that, what we managed to do is that we managed to get uh, a correct view and then uh, some good matching and really detect the threat when they come to the, to the system. So what's the, what's the impact of losing some packet? So I've just done something super simple. I've got one pickup which is uh, half uh, uh, gigabyte, which contains some real traffic, but bad traffic. It's a bit old, um, but it's quite uh, decent in terms of looking like a real traffic. And I've done, um, use a, mod a modified version of a TCP rewrite for the TCP replay suite to drop packets in a random way. So I've generated a, um, for a set of sample of, of uh, a set of uh, packet loss, I've generated different pickup where I did extract, uh, I did remove, sorry, packet from the, the flow. And so, because it's statistical, I've done uh, three times this. So, for each packet loss rate, I've got three different pickups to get a mean in the, in the result. So, okay, Suricata first is uh, said to be an IDS. So, let's look at the alert. So, I've got the same uh, signature engine. I'm running in pickup mode. And the result is the following if we only lose 3% of packet, we lose 10% of uh, alert. And if you lose 25% of packet, you have lost 50% of uh, your alert. So you divide, just by losing 25, you divide by two the number of alerts you have to see. So in fact, it's the nice part because if you are looking at file extraction, here it's really critical not to lose packet because if you lose packet, you don't see anymore the stream of data. So you cannot get uh, the whole file. So in this case, you lose 0.4 on packet loss, and you have 10% fail in the file extraction. And if you lose only 5.5, you lose 50%. So that's why it's really important not to lose packet. So not to lose packet, one of the first techniques is uh, to uh, try to increase the speed of the algorithm. But we've got something super bad, which is called elephant. So to, to talk to Pablo, it's not a blue elephant, but it's a kind of uh, elephant that is quite annoying. So it's the case of an elephant flow. What we call an elephant flow, it's a flow that is really big. So as you have seen before, uh, we are doing some, a lot of treatment on the packet. So we can just handle for one single core, we can uh, just handle uh, a limited amount of bandwidth. So basically, we can handle between 250 and 500 megabits per second, per core. So uh, the problem that we have is what is happening if ever, oh no, so, sorry, one point I need to explain to you before. As we are doing the streaming, we need to get, for one single flow, we need to get all the flow to the same thread. So by doing this, we will see all the TCP in the correct order, and then we will be able to understand the traffic as it goes if we are not doing that and we have, and we have one thread that is seeing half of the traffic and the rest of the thread, another thread is seeing the other half of the traffic, then in this case, we will not be able to see what's going on on the TCP because everything will be not in order and we don't know how to reconstruct the thing. 
So we need to send all the packet for one flow to one single thread. So if you put that in the equation, and if you consider one flow that is, for instance, one gigabyte per second, like a backup traffic or, super, or some super intensive flow, then in this case, this flow cannot fit. So what's happening is just that it goes directly, so we got a series of packets, the blue one, and then some other smaller flow in, are going to the same thread. So if you are doing that, okay, there is one lucky that goes to another thread, but all the blue have filled the thread that we are working on, and we got a series of drops from the blue flow and also from an, uh, all the other flow that should have reached this core. So we are losing a lot of data, not only for this flow, but also for all the flow that should have been uh, treated by uh, the, the, the thread. So the first reaction is, okay, but that's super simple. Let's get it, let's get that super big. Then this way, oh, okay, the one gigabyte flow will, uh, will fit for sure because the ring buffer is so big that we, we cannot get outside. So you need just a, a bigger screen and then it works. Okay, but now, so it's not really like that because yes, it's super cool, but if your flow of one gigabyte is staying for half of the night, you're just down. You cannot scale your memory like you want. So that do not work. Okay, so as could say a French president, we need to work less to get more. Um, so one of the techniques that has been initially implemented into uh, Suricata is to use uh, the notion of stream depth. In most cases, we, have, uh, we see that the attacks are done in the beginning of the flow. So basically, the session, TCP session open, and then after a few packets, we got the attack coming. So uh, what we are doing is that we got something which is called the stream reassembly def, where we say pass this amount of data. We are not looking, we are not doing the streaming, so the streaming part, and we still are doing the detection, but we will just do the detection on a per packet basis. So by doing this, we manage to lower a bit the load and avoid to inspect all the packets no, sorry, all the, uh, to reconstruct the flow for something like a backup. So it's quite nice, but it's not enough because it just gets you a little performance boost, but not enough to get rid of elephant flow. So what I did introduce in 3.2, something like two years ago now, is the bypass capability. So one implementation, so the idea is quite simple, is to say, okay, if I know that I don't want to look carefully on this flow, then in this case I can just start to uh, bypass it, to stop inspecting the traffic generated by this flow. So we've got two implementations. One is the local bypass, where we say Suricata is seeing is see the packet, it sees that it belongs to a flow that we don't want to look at anymore, and then it stops all the treatment. So if, we, if you think about the reconstruction, uh, where what is up? As a reconstruction, we are just doing this part, the TCP, to get the flow tuple information. Then we see which flow it belongs to. Oh, is it a bypass one? Okay, so let's shortcut. Uh, so oh, this is a local bypass. And we've got the capture bypass, where we will uh, see a, a bit in detail later. So 
what we have in uh, the local bypass is that the bypass is done in the worker thread. So we see that we're doing the decoding, the TCP, the TCP, and then they don't do the streaming. We just bypass immediately on this point. The capture bypass is different. This time, we have a bypass feature in the kernel, or better, in the card. And we tag the packet when they come, and they don't, they don't reach uh, this uh, ring which is shared with Suricata. So we just bypass all the traffic before it comes to the user space. So this has been implemented... Uh, 10 minutes? This has been implemented in Suricata uh, 3.2 for the NetFilter uh, bypass. So the idea for the one who knows NetFilter was quite simple. It's just when we know we want to bypass, we put a mark, and then we've got an IP tables or an F table rule set that will see, oh, I've seen this mark, so I know that I will not send to user space, so to Suricata, the packet anymore. So this allows us to switch from a logic where all the packets come to the kernel, go to the user space, are handled by Suricata, and then Suricata is sending the verdict to when a flow is bypassed, we just say, oh, okay, I don't want to see it anymore, and we're going through the routing, through the, at the full speed of uh, Linux routing on Linux firewalling, instead of just uh, having to go back to the user space and losing a lot of time. So to give you an idea, we, are, we can do something like 500 uh, megabytes per second on uh, regular IPS mode, but if you are using the bypass, then this flow can go to 10 gigabit or more per second because we are doing through the routing stack instead of going through the user space and coming back to kernel. So, uh, yeah, so the bypass, we've got a series of strategies. One strategy I already told you is to use the stream def reassembly uh, size. So we will just uh, see, oh, we already have seen one megabyte of traffic on this flow. I don't want to see it anymore. I judge that it's enough. And another way, which is a bit more, a bit better, is the TLS bypass, which is to say, okay, now it's encrypted. I cannot go into it anymore. I already extracted all the information from the handshake via the TLS analysis. So now I can just bypass it. And forget and forget about it. So we are missing a few small things like curb bleed, uh, this kind of attack, because we don't see all the traffic that happen. But at least in most cases, it's uh, it's correct. Uh, what we can also do is to be uh, selective, like uh, you are working for some some with some real people behind that are using something like Netflix. So you can write a signature where you say, okay, you're using pass to just not do any alert, and then you say, if I see the content uh, suricata.io, I know it's good people, so I can just bypass it. So this way you can you manage to bypass selectively uh, from the signature side. So yeah, I was supposed to talk about eBPF, XDP, and things like that, but as we had a good introduction before, I will just go to the, to the feature directly. So yeah, so B, uh, BPF, so what's the problem? The problem is that we have uh, a solution for NFQ 
But if you look at the capture, at the usual cap, uh, way of capturing the traffic, the raw traffic, which is the one used by TCP dump, uh, we get packet par packet. And if you, yeah, you have BPF, but with BPF, I cannot say, I don't want to see this flow anymore. You will not update your, fil your BPF filter to add uh, not uh, this host and not this port and update that every time you see a new, a new flow that you want to bypass. That will not work. And that will not scale if you have uh, 30,000 or 40,000 flow to bypass. Definitely uh, no go. So here we, we may have a solution with eBPF because as we have seen before in the previous talk, in eBPF we've got some hash tables, some arrays where we can store information with uh, arbitrary key or arbitrary value inside. So by using this, we really can uh, just define a flow table in the kernel and then use uh, this flow table and um, put element in the flow table from the user space that will be after used by the kernel to do the bypass. Uh, so the solution that we did not use is a BCC. It's super cool to do a lot of things, but not to integrate it to another software, because if you want to do the bridge between the C or Rust code of Suricata and then inject the... Ah, that, no, that's just do not work. It's not done for that. It's done to do, do some independent projects. So if you want to play with XDP or eBPF, get to VCC, but if you want to integrate it in another software already existing, then the solution that you have is to write the C code, use a Clang to build uh, the BPF filter for you, and then you can use the libbpf, which is part of uh, the Linux kernel inside the uh, oh, uh, tools lib libbpf, voilà, inside this path in the kernel. So now it works. I had to patch it to make it work for Suricata, so, but now everybody can use it, so that's a good part. Uh, yeah, so you can use that. So what? Hashpacket bypass. Yep. Yeah, so as I said before, yeah, what you just need is to need to be able to do a flow table. And then by using the, the maps, we manage to get uh, what we need uh, to do the bypass. So uh, one of the problems we had at OASF is that we are a non-profit foundation. We say non-profit foundation says uh, we cannot buy uh, 1,100 servers to do the testing and big thing like that. So hopefully we have some nice people that did provide us a place in a, in a rack uh, in a server room, uh, provide us some traffic so we can play on live traffic. So that's the good part. But the bad part of live traffic is that you cannot reproduce the run. So we got some real live case, but uh, we, cannot, uh, we cannot reproduce. So what I've done in this case is a one hour long run. I've used different stream depth value and I've use the Suricata generated statistics uh, via JSON, and I've done the graph with uh, TimeLion from the Elastic Stack. So, yeah, so this one is quite interesting. Uh, the, um, the blue is the number of bypass uh, bytes, and the red is the number of capture bytes. So here you see the, the effect of bypass on some specific uh, traffic that did happen at this moment, but Everything is bypassed on, uh, in terms of traffic. We've got uh, almost no traffic. Okay. And if you see here, you see in terms of number of packets, the number of capture packets is almost at zero. And the, the number of uh, drop packets is zero, two. And everything is explained by the bypass here. Uh, 
Yep, well, just an explanation of that. So in terms of the impact of, um, of bypass on multiple runs that we have done, without bypass in blue and with bypass in red. So what we can see that in the best case, we had zero packet drop uh, with the bypass on where we are at uh, something like 9% uh, without the bypass, so we see that we already have a big performance boost. And even in the worst case, we see that we got something like a four to yes, a bit like four or five percent gain on the, some some run. So as you can, as we have seen before in the study on packet drop, getting five percent maybe can get you something like twenty or twenty-five percent more accuracy on the detection. So that's quite interesting. So, uh, yeah, so the problem, not the problem, the limitation of the solution that I just show you the result from is that it's using uh, eBPF. So, uh, the, um, the uh, it, it is working the following way. Suricata, we put, we're listening to a socket, and on this socket, we are putting this eBPF filter. So, we're already quite far away in the stack because we already get the packet get to the ingress, get into the, we created the SCABUF, so the internal structure in the kernel, and we have the routing has already done, we got the sending to the user space, so we already have a lot of things done when we are doing that. So here the, we got XDP that is doing that, but earlier. So instead of atta attaching that to the capture socket, attaching the VPF to the capture socket, we are attaching the VPF filter to the driver. Or even in some cases, uh, we can have the driver, the, sorry, the cart itself running the BPF filter. So by doing this, we've got a gain in terms of performance because we are skipping a lot of work in the kernel. So I did do the implementation of XDP into Suricata. So it's almost the same, but it's different. Uh, so it's the same logic in terms of algorithm. You can implement the same thing, but there is some really annoying thing. The worst is. Uh, that when you are doing the eBPF filter attached to the socket, the kernel has already parsed the packet. So, and the source IP, destination IP, destination port, source port, the all the thing you need to build the floatable, they have already have been parsed by the kernel and you are provided to you in the code. So in terms of code, it's super simple to write the eBPF filters. It's just take the source port, take the destination port in the SKB that is exported uh, to the to the BPF filter, so that's quite easy. But here, what we have to do in the BPF part is that we are, in the XDP part is that we have to do the parsing by ourselves. So we just have a datagram, so a, a buffer of data, and we need to do the parsing once. So it's annoying in terms of development because we need to do the development to parse the packet. So it's error prone, that's a mess, and it's annoying because we in some cases we could do the parsing once, then redo it another time when we reach to five packets, so we got multiple works, so we can increase the work. So we need, I think that for XDP, we need a good um, amount of, uh, of bypass, so we don't duplicate the work. Uh, yeah, so as I said, if you can provide us some hardware for ISF, uh, it's a call for help to get some reproducible result here. And as conclusion, yeah, so yeah, Suricata is uh, eBPF code has reached the master branch. It will be part of Suricata 4.1, but is supposed to go out uh, four months ago. 
but, uh, Victor Julien got a baby, so <laughs> we did postpone the release. Um, we've got uh, the bypass coming for Netronome card inside the, the card itself, so it should be super fast. And I was talking about duplicating the work, so that's something that we may avoid by using something new that, is not, that has just reached 4.18 kernel, which is IFXDP, which is a new capture method where for people like Suricata, we will get the packet without them going into the, the routing stack of, uh, of Linux. So this way, they don't have, they don't have the SKB anymore, we just get the raw data because we just need the raw data. Uh, so if you're interested into getting this to work, you can read the Septune 2 documentation by Peter Maneff. Uh, yeah, I even write the doc on how to set up it and it's available on the read.org from, uh, read the doc from Suricata. Uh, yeah, so if you have a question. <laughs> okay, time for one quick, quick question, maybe two. <laughs> Uh, so, end of the day, what's the difference with Snort? <laughs> uh, Snort is uh, not community-oriented. You cannot contribute to Snort. So, in fact, it's some people at Cisco that think that we can do some good thing. Uh, where, whereas, uh, in the Suricata case, you've got the community that acts as an intelligent entity that is contributing and making good for the common good. <laughs> Um, you said that, do you need or don't need the SKB? Because we, we don't need the SKB. Because you were saying that you would have to implement a lot of things, so it would be painful and error prone. So why don't you use the SKB in the first place? Yeah, but there is a lot of more of the SKB from just extracting the source port and destination port that we need. And the problem is that Suricata in the user space is also doing this work. Is also doing the complete parsing based on just the data. We are not using data from the SKB, we are, we are doing our own parsing. Yes, so you have to reconstruct the packets instead. We like reconstruct that. the packet totally, so the SKB part is uh, useless. So we will gain by just doing a partial parsing in XDP uh, filter, in the, the filter, and then uh, doing uh, the, the rest inside Suricata on skipping. That's what IFXDP will bring us. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We now have uh, 20